Hello and welcome back to the Charleston Gardener with your host, Louisa Pringle Cameron. Well, hello, gardeners. In today's episode, I'll talk about visitors to the garden. The plant of the week is going to be the butterfly weed, and a good chore in the garden we'll talk about is to keep up with weeding and deadheading as usual. Charleston is at the top of the list for visitors year-round, but in April they arrive in droves. Historic Charleston Foundation hosts a month of tours, lectures, excursions, and an antique show, while many local groups have spring fundraisers that focus on all that Charleston has to offer. In our experience, friends and family in town to see the sights and to enjoy the remarkable restaurants are likely to call spontaneously and ask to come by to see the garden, frequently with others in tow. There is a lot of foot traffic on the streets that intersect at the corner of our house, and if we happen to be outside working and it's convenient, we sometimes invite tourists to come in and get a glimpse of the garden. Over the years, we have gotten quite a few lovely thank you notes and reciprocal invitations. Our young plumber was here recently for a minor disaster. After we showed him around the early spring garden and sent him off with a paper bag full of plants, he returned at the end of the day with a Globusclepius butterfly weed and a white hydrangea. We did not have either of these plants in the garden, and now they are both in bud. So every spring, I try to anticipate lots of company and get the garden at least neat and clean. I dispose of the hodgepodge of pots that have collected, hide the jarringly bright bags of potting soil and amendments, sharpen and clean tools, empty the bags of pine bark mulch that are often lying around, and start preparing the flower beds. Our lawn never greens up until May because it's zoysia, so I can't worry about it. We finally scheduled our painters to scrape and repaint all of the garden furniture, and that made a huge difference this year in the overall fresh appearance of the spring garden. One of my favorite but time-consuming tasks is to weed and clean the moss patio that's situated beneath four mature Natchez crepe myrtles, which had a careful pruning in March. The crepe myrtles not only drop leaves and seeds frequently, they also have a bark that peels and litters the ground. What I call the red clover multiplies overnight, smothering the moss with a tangle of tiny leaves. I am almost rid of the dandelions and the bitter crest that took hold for a while. The moss looks so lush and inviting after it's weeded and brushed with a whisk broom. We didn't plant it. It just appeared on the damp bricks in front of the three small wall fountains and rectangular brick basins against the wall. There is a small tile-top table with four decorative metal chairs spread out nearby. It's a lovely place to sit and have iced coffee or a drink in hot weather. I separate tidying the garden into high-effort and low-effort categories. If not feeling energetic, I might grab a bucket and a pair of sharp clippers and just walk around nipping wild hairs on shrubs or deadheading roses. Some clippings go right onto the compost heap, 
but anything too woody, diseased, or thorny has to be collected into huge paper bags that the city collects once a week. City regulations specify that larger branches can be picked up at the same time and not bagged, but leaves and smaller waste must be contained. Burning is absolutely forbidden. Decades ago, before shredding machines became a household item, I burned a huge stack of old bank statements in the fireplace during the summer and had neighbors and workmen across the street knocking on the door ready to call the fire department. Keeping up with the weeding is always at the top of the list for cleaning up the garden, but collecting dropped camellia blossoms from under those shrubs is also a top chore in spring. We have late-blooming camellias, notably the pale Julia France, and the blossoms scattered daily around the bushes, which is jarringly messy-looking along one of the mulch paths. We had such a bumper crop of the beauties this year that I'm considering purchasing some dark brown tulle, cutting out a few tree skirts to place under the most conspicuous bushes, and using the skirt to save time gathering dead flowers. Removing the spent blossoms also helps control any blight that might carry over to the next year. Once the flowers are all gone, the camellias, azaleas, and gardenias appreciate some pine straw mulch and a feeding of organic fertilizer specific to their needs. Then there's the matter of personal tidying up. I do not enjoy having visitors, especially friends, who may want a group photo, seeing me in my usual torn baggy pants, wrinkled shirts, headscarf, and mismatched gloves. Gloves are like socks. They always seem to have lost a mate. And, being right-handed, I have quite a collection of left hands left over that I turn over and use awkwardly. Therefore, I enjoy a trip to Goodwill in late winter to shop for gardening clothes. I look for jeans and shirts with long tails and long sleeves. Sometimes I find a straw basket for collecting weeds that looks much better in my landscape than the ubiquitous plastic five-gallon buckets. I always check to see if there's a serrated knife or two in the kitchen section. They are my favorite tool for weeding. I have plenty of straw hats, large and small, in the shed, and there's a new pair of gloves hanging with them. Life calms down a little bit in May as the weather gets into the low 80s, but we still have visitors and the gardening chores remain demanding. There are so very many faded blossoms to remove. The boxwoods get fuzzy, the privets and the laurapetalum, often called Chinese fringe flower, need trimming, and the early summer weeds have to be plucked. But there are flowers to pick for bouquets, fragrant vines perfuming the garden, birds nurturing eggs and nests, and vegetables beginning to ripen. April remains my favorite spring month, and looking back, this was an exceptionally cool April, with only a couple of storms that threatened the upright plants in the flower beds and scattered small branches and leaves on the lawn. The plant of the week is Asclepius, the butterfly weed. Oh, the butterfly weed. Does that have anything to do with monarchs? Yes, it does. Does it really? I could not even find them in Charleston. So I was visiting family up in Greenville and stopped by a nursery and bought several Asclepius plants. I have red, orange, and yellow ones. And they come back every year. 
They're hardy. They make good cut flowers, and the butterflies love them. I'll put some more information about them on the website, but our plumber, our very nice plumber, gave us a new one that I had never seen before called a globe Asclepius, and it puts it puts um, out little white globes so far. I, I've not seen it in full bloom, but I have a fun story to tell you about the school next door. In their little science class, they wanted the children to experiment with um, butterflies, so they started the whole process from the very beginning, the, uh, the cocoon and the chrysalis and the, the whole bit. Well, to celebrate the hatching of the monarchs, they had balloons going up, and they had a party, and they released over 100 monarch butterflies in their tiny little vegetable garden area. Well, Price and I were out working in the garden, and all the butterflies came to our yard. Oh, wow. That's I amazing. I was so excited. I'd never seen so many at one time in my life, and they still return. Haven't you seen them before? I have, actually, and a friend of mine from Michigan, when he was down to visit for the first time, um, we had seen hundreds of butterflies, and I had remarked that I hadn't seen that many butterflies in my life, and he had told me that Charleston is actually on the migration path for when they head south. That is so cool. Well, I just want to remind all of you then to continue to weed and deadhead, and I hope you will tune in to the next episode next week of The Charleston Gardener. So thank you, my producer, Daniel Patrick, and remember what Benjamin Disraeli said, how fair is a garden amid the trials and passions of existence. Mm-hmm.